Howdy, I'm Paul Isaacoder, and this is Author's Dozen, a podcast where I explore barriers to storytelling by writing one novel every month for 12 months. Please enjoy. Mmm, how'd you like that last episode? Pretty good, right? We talked about the plot and the people that populate your story. Well, guess what? Today, we're going to finish that off. We're going to talk about prose, like I promised. Prose is the style, the essence, the exact grammatical core of your writing. If you're not a writer, your prose is whatever medium you choose for your message. It's the colors of paint, the lenses on your camera, the tingling timbre of your vocal delivery. For example, the prose I'm using right now is pretentious. Draw a triangle, won't you? Please? Make it an equilateral triangle. If you don't remember what that is, it's equally lateral, meaning that every side, and therefore every angle, is equal to the other two. Have you drawn it yet? Well, do it, because you're going to mark it up. And if you can't mark it up, fun fact, I made this week's episode art into a spooky Illuminati pyramid as a signal for the reptilian Bilderberg group to spare me from the fake 5G coronavirus. But the pyramid can also be used for your triangular reference pleasure. Also, fun fact, I just invented the concept of using whiteboard markers to draw on your smartphone screen. I don't know why you'd do that. But if you wanted to, you could erase that smart erased stuff right off, I think. I don't know. I don't own dry erase markers. Why would I own those? Last week, we talked about three concepts, plot, people, prose. Those are the three legs of the table that is your fiction. If any of those legs breaks, your table fails at being good fiction. And it turns into a sick ramp for doing skateboard stunts. Yeah, Tony Hawk! Most of our episodes have concentrated on those first two, plot and people, Because how am I supposed to teach you good prose? Other than by telling you to read my books, but, I mean, nobody's going to do that. No, talking about how to write good prose on a podcast is folly. But this is Author's Dozen, so folly it is. Take out your triangle. On the bottom right-hand corner, write your name. This will ensure that nobody steals your triangle. Second, on the bottom left-hand corner... List the ideal audience that you want to read or otherwise digest your work. Try to be specific as possible. This doesn't mean that you're writing only for traditionally feminine American preteen girls. That's just your ideal target. I mean, My Little Pony and this podcast aimed for that highly specific female audience, and through myriad strange events, we ended up with BronyCon, a conference attended by 10,000 people, revolving around the unexpected fandom of adult men who like My Little Pony and Authors Dozen. That overlap is almost 100%. Harry Potter was written for children. I know a lot of you don't want to hear that. And The Great Gatsby was written for adults. Also, some people who don't want to hear that. But even though the audiences have basically switched over time due to things beyond the author's control, the aim remains the same. Harry Potter is written for kids, and The Great Gatsby is written for adults, and I'm glad they were written with those people in mind, because switching back and forth sends completely baffling messages. 
Harry Potter is a pretty much sexless universe, for instance. People like one another, sure, but never in a lewd or explicit way. The Great Gatsby, meanwhile, is completely lost on most high schoolers. Without adult responsibility, no one can realize just how simultaneously horrible and judgmental every last one of its characters turns out to be. Now, between those two bottom points on your triangle, there's the base of the triangle. That base don't need no label. You and I both know what it represents, the dichotomy between creator and consumer, between self-indulgence and pandering. If you write only for your ideal audience, you will give them exactly what they want and bring none of yourself to the table. You'll hate what you do and you'll quit if you can. If you write only for yourself, the audience won't give a good gosh darn. And because art is a morally neutral proposition, meeting in the middle isn't anything more or less than a struggle between artistic integrity and audience appeal. That is, even if you pull off this balancing act perfectly, what you'll be left with is art that doesn't point anywhere. And yet, the balance is necessary. You have to bridge the gap between yourself and your audience. That's the definition of communication. But like all dichotomies, this one is unbalanced. It's only got two legs of the table. Look, look to the top of your pyramid, to the apex. Think of the thing that is most important in the world, or even something that's just really important. What is something that you could, with satisfaction, serve for the rest of your life? What makes you a maven? What's something so obviously good that you can't help but stand beside your audience and point to that thing and say, yes, that, that thing deserves your attention. For some, it's environmentalism. For some, it's compassion and understanding. In fact, the goodness at the top of your triangle can change from artwork to artwork. There are only two things that can't occupy that space, yourself and your audience. It must be some third thing, some external, to which we can all strive. We've already talked about how terrible it would be if you or your audience occupied that throne of attention. The audience came here to see something, and the one-man show of you, of pointing to yourself and saying, How great am I? That's disgusting. So, you've got that third thing. So remember to loathe dichotomies. Communication between yourself and the good is all well and good. It'll make you a better person, but not in relation to anyone else. And at the same point, isn't it selfish to keep goodness to yourself? Also, communication between the audience and the apex is fine, but your audience is just like you. They're people with their own relation to their own good. And without you in community, they're not seeing another angle on another good. Choose where you want your art to sit in the middle of this triangle. Where should it go? I don't know. You can be real art house with your work, or you could be a populist. You could make film with ambiguous morals, or you could really sledgehammer home your message. You could have multiple messages that conflict and interact. You can make this two-dimensional triangle into a pyramid, a cube, a tesseract. Just don't forget to start with three. The audience, the artist, and the apex. In doing so, you'll communicate with your ideal audience your own view on the world. Now, 
that you've considered the philosophy behind your writing, you can start to consider what you'll write. If you tend toward the self-indulgent, you'll be more impressed with trying to impress your audience than you are with reaching them. If you tend toward the populist, you'll omit style and get out of the way of the thing you're trying to describe. The only way to find your voice is to listen and to speak, to read and to write. Just as those who speak take on the accents of their surroundings, those who write will take on the language of that which they read. But these things don't just come naturally, and there are some major tricks to make your prose the most appropriate for your story. First, ask yourself the five W's, who, what, when, where, and why. Who is telling your story? What is your story centered upon? When and where is your prose appropriate to the time and place where your story is set? Why? Is your story meant to inform, describe, or evoke a feeling? Where does your story fall in that triangle of yours? This is where your reading comes in. If you've read widely, you'll know all the different forms available to you. You can mix and match them. I can write in first person. You can write in second person. They can write in third, and one can write in fourth person, etc. If you've read widely, You'll know just how close or far away a narrator can be to the events. You'll know that it's valuable to show or hide a given character's feelings or thoughts. You'll know that books have been written in the style of newspapers, screenplays, and letters. You'll know that stories can have frame narratives, prologues, epilogues, dramatic irony, poetry, quotations. They can be brief, they can be exhaustive, encyclopedic. And so I've been thinking about this, starting this next story. I actually began writing it as a rather stale third-person narrative that was close to the protagonist, almost just watching over his shoulder and peeking inside his mind from time to time. I was telling it in the past tense, the he did this or she said that. I wanted to keep the narrative a bit dry to let the audience fill in the blanks. And after two chapters, it wasn't working. I wasn't identifying enough with my protagonist, and if I'm not, the reader certainly won't. Then, I realized how to give the character life and personality. I let him do the writing. Ben Carter, my protagonist, is writing this novel as a series of letters. This is a story about him and his vendetta. His bendetta. Why wouldn't he want to get the word out about his quest for justice? Why letters? Uh, they're postmarked. They are, they are immediate and yet well-crafted. They address directly the reader and let the reader know what the author thinks they ought to know. And who better than Ben to let us into his story? A lot of this is going to be your own personal preference. Like with the triangle, no two of us is going to be alike, and that's good, actually. Once you've got that, you're pretty much golden. Now look down at your triangle. Those three points can teach us one more thing, and that thing is how to write betterer. You can study grammar and go to English class, and that will actually teach you to be comprehensible to your audience. But the only cure for not writing good is to read a lot, write a lot, and be critiqued a lot. The apex, that which you're reading, is the good. It's what's going to inform everything you do from here on out. 
the writing is practice, the over and over that we keep talking about, the building up of muscles where you can take what you've learned and put it into practice. And critiquing the audience, the third party who tells you whether or not your thing is just selfish and solipsistic, or whether it's too alien, too exactly like whatever you've been reading. And you'll say, Paul, but what about teaching? What about uh, accreditation? And what about all this? Well, those are good, but those fall into those three categories. And furthermore, without those three starting points, you've got nothing to build on. So again, remember, loathe dichotomies, start with those three. Otherwise, your work is one-dimensional. It's just a line. With three, it becomes two-dimensional. Read a ton of stuff, uh, deliver to a lot of audiences, and suddenly you're three-dimensional. Suddenly you're something that nobody's ever been before. The more dimensions you add, the more likely you are to have your point be different than the point that someone else has already made. So I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with that triangle. Start marking it up. Get some polygons going. And uh, now's the writing update. And what I've got to say about that is that uh, rewriting the beginning of my chapters was really interesting because starting off from a point of being very dry and moving into a place where your character starts to comment on things is a really big change. And yet it sort of leveled me out. Um, it allowed me to keep from being overindulgent at times and to keep from being too dry at times. And actually, that's something I would really suggest you do if you're ever stuck with a story. Give it a different uh, narration. Maybe the color you used wasn't ugly in and of itself. Maybe it was just ugly next to the thing you put it next to. Maybe you and your story need to you know, spice things up, you know, change things around. <laughs> now, if this triangle has inspired you in any way, if it's created something inside you, then what I would love is to get my audience point of the triangle involved. Go to authorsdozen.com. We've got all kinds of ways that you can like weigh in and make this show what it is and what it could be. We've even got secret anonymous ways to tell me that I'm just bogus and dumb. Or we've got ways that you can sort of praise me to the high heavens and make sure everybody sees me. And uh, if, if you're bad at grammar, Go watch some Frasier. All right, that's the end of the show. I've run out of things to say, clearly. Baby, I got you picked. But I don't know what to do with this silence.